3: prospect podcast sponsored by FanDuel. clay link here with lead prospect writer james anderson and james today the arizona fall league rosters were released uh really incredible crop of talent going this year i'm excited i will go team by team breaking down all the players announced there probably be others announced in the months ahead but man two months really away from our trip to first pitch i'm always excited i wish we could spend a little bit more time out there but maybe maybe next year we can plan to do that but um looking forward to seeing all the these young talents the stars of tomorrow but first i just want to talk to you a little bit about a recent call-up one of the probably bigger names we'll see called up uh this this week or the span of this week Luis urias he collected three hits two yesterday in just the second game Adding second in the order you mentioned that you've seen some maybe some funky analysis here and there about or regarding Urias on Twitter Uh, what do you think he's going to do the rest of the way
1: Uh, I think he could hit for a pretty high average I think he's gonna be a decent source of counting stats Uh, not necessarily home runs or stolen bases but I mean he could be the Padre's like second or third best hitter over the rest of the season. So I think that there's gonna be some runs in RBI to be had. And uh, you know, if you're in a fifteen team league, I think he should be added pretty much universally just because you look at who else is out there. Uh he's just a really, really good hitter. He's a really advanced hitter. He earned this promotion. I I'm kinda of kicking myself for uh sort of not thinking that he was going to come up this year or at least not being sort of open to it as a legitimate possibility but it's very AJ Preller-ish to kind of just be like yeah whatever like service time I don't really care he's he's earned this he's forced the issue and he's not uh you know he's not one of those guys that's just gonna get ridiculously pricey in arbitration in all likelihood I mean I, I guess it's possible that he Uh, competes for some batting titles a little earlier than expected and and gets paid uh, quite a bit in that process. But, uh, you know, it it makes sense. I mean, they just have so much talent on the way. Uh, Good for them to get a good look at him over the final month. And, you know, the whole uh he's he's definitely one of the trickier prospects to evaluate i think for fantasy purposes i think a a lot of analysts struggle with it because it's so clear how good he is at hitting and just how advanced he is at the plate but it's also clear that there is not much speed there uh there's not a ton of game power there right now so everyone's kind of struggling to just say like well where where should he rank uh to me he's a top 20 prospect pretty easily and it's it, it's there's several layers to that a lot of people are very quick to say that there's just not a ton of upside there uh, there's not a ton of sort of traditional top 20 prospect type of upside there but if a guy finishes top five in the national league and runs top five in the national league and batting average and hits double digit home runs drives in like 75 runs something like that uh that's super valuable in fantasy it's not super valuable in a flashy way necessarily but uh there is you know just because a guy's upside is in runs and batting average doesn't mean that he's got a super low ceiling it mm-hmm. just means he doesn't have a super high ceiling and steals and home runs and uh another aspect that I just really love about Urias is just the confidence that everyone should have in him being an everyday player that hits for a high average. Like how many guys in my top 400 can you just look at and say, Oh yeah, this guy's big league ready. And it would be a pretty big shock if he didn't hit for a high average and play every day. I mean, that's just, yeah. there's, there's not many guys you can say that about. So, uh, you know he he doesn't have the crazy tools that that get people to kind of freak out when they go see him but uh very few guys have his ability with the bat in their hands and i think that there's eventually going to be 20 homer pop there uh probably not next year probably not even in, in 2020 but eventually it'll be there and uh he's super young so if you own him in a dynasty league uh you're gonna get to own him for the next 15 years and he's probably going to be an everyday player uh, for the next 15 years just just turned 21 in june so a uh, really exciting player uh, really happy for him that he got the call up and excited to watch him over the final
3: month yeah same should be fun and that's such a f- great foundational skill set to have you know with the contact ability played skills see what happens and just the fact that he has that to build off of you know so many guys you see the other tools but if you don't have the hit tool it just doesn't all come together. Meanwhile, if you have that base of skills, you can add to it um, over the years. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm sure, you know, next year, I don't think it'll be it'll be very pricey. And, yeah, it may not be a huge difference maker, but probably a guy I'll be in on maybe around, like, you know, outside the top 200-ish. You think he'll fall that far?
1: Yeah, I do. I
3: mean, unless, unless
1: he just goes nuts over the final month. Yeah. Uh, I just think that you know like i said like people are having a hard time ranking him as a prospect i think people are going to have a really hard time ranking him for for redraft uh and he's you know in that 200 to 300 range when you're talking about redraft uh you're usually looking for your middle infielder there yeah and if you can address speed a little earlier in the draft that's a that's a heck of a middle infield option that that could probably give you a a pretty nice batting average base and and give you a 80 plus runs
3: a lot of you know i think are uh friend i mean i'm not a close personal friend of them but i have a great deal of respect for him and he's been on the radio show with us we've met him a few times but rob silver has talked a lot about how hard it is to find batting average outside of the top 100 even so if you're getting a guy you could hit 300 outside the top 200 um that's a, that's a really good value i think before we move on to uh, AFL rosters, one other thing I saw today on Twitter, Eloy and his agent talking about filing a grievance, and we kind of talked about that last week. It's kind of crazy Did you see well that? yeah I mean you
1: i I would expect them to file a yeah. grievance uh,
3: just to kind of turn up the pressure on major league baseball turn, yeah um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean it yeah we've hit on this so much uh, the White Sox are not obligated to bring them up i mean they, they doesn't just doesn't make good business sense. so um it sucks for him it's kind of on mlb to, to fix this issue
3: yeah absolutely so star-studded uh afl uh, rosters announced today pretty easily at least in my opinion you know the most star-studded group since we started going
1: yeah uh it's it's pretty fun i think on every team there's at least i think there's a top 50 prospect on every roster uh actually no there's not one on mesa um but there's a there's at least a top 50 prospect on every other team uh two of the top pitching prospects in the game are going to be out there uh the best prospect in the game is going to be out there uh you know it, it's it's going to be a blast and yeah like you said at the beginning i really wish we were going to be out there longer and, and just hope that we get lucky with uh, the matchups
3: yeah and it'll be nice too because a lot of these big bats you know are going to be going up against some pretty um mediocre pitching prospects to put it nicely you know aside from scottsdale who has force whitley Sixto sanchez and jb bukowskis really not a lot in terms of pitching talent out there this year no it's it's really
1: gross and it's uh it's how it typically is out there you know i think we've uh i think we've been out there i think the la- last year we were out there there might have been a you know about this much maybe a little bit more the year before that was nice with with honeywell and Kopeck. um it's you're just you can't expect there to be a ton i'm just happy that we got forrest whitley and Sixto sanchez out there uh some of these staffs like peoria's staff is just god-awful Surprise's staff is just really really terrible so uh there should be a lot of hitting which which will be fun
3: yeah that'll be exciting just seeing these guys tee off uh but yeah let's you know you kind of send me a, a good breakdown let's just start at the top go team by team glendale you mentioned you know the pitching for most of these teams pretty bad but on this hitting side they have Kybert ruiz really good catching prospect had some you know, growing pains earlier this year but still you know very impressive hitter and he's come on of late esteban Florial, who i know you bumped up recently we talked about him last week austin hayes and Luis robert um austin hayes is interesting because you know he did make a brief audition last year spent most of this year at double a what are your thoughts on him and his development this season it's kind of been a
1: lost year uh he's he's gotten going a little bit in the second half at double a but uh you know i'm we're just not privy to everything that's going on there i i definitely wonder if there's a physical issue or a personal issue that maybe contributed to his first half struggles i'd i'd sometimes hacky to kind of speculate on things like that but i i just i wonder if there's something more than just because it just doesn't make it really doesn't make a ton of sense for him to do what he did last year and then go back to the same level and and be this bad so uh excited to see him i i like watching him play i like i like the way he plays uh the game i mean it's kind of full tilt on both sides of the ball uh that outfield just in general uh estevan florio austin hayes Luis robert Oh, that'll be that'll be a fun time and uh yeah kyber ruiz arguably the best pitching prospect in the game um definitely don't judge him don't look at his line at double a and and be concerned i mean he's one of the youngest players at double a and he's a catcher and he still had uh elite plate skills this year so really excited to see him live for the first time
3: yeah definitely i know that catching depth the organizational catching depth the dodgers long term looks really good but i mean kyber ruiz is a guy who profiles as a, a primary option behind the plate at the big league level should be fun and you know robert has been dealing with injuries numbers really weren't that good and we know you know the guy at this age making the jump from cuba that's the kind of prospect that you're typically on but is robert the kind of guy who at least has the tools to get you pretty excited yeah i think that he
1: is fully capable of really impressing everyone in the fall league. I mean, he's got the the speed power combination that that we definitely look for. Uh you know, he's the type of guy that when people uh crap on Luis Sirius's upside, they're probably really into Luis yeah. Roberts' upside, but if luis robert only hits like 250 then i don't think he has a higher upside <laughs> than than yeah. luis sirius so um it's just kind of beauties in the eye of the beholder uh very interested to see what kind of at bats he makes or he takes out there because he's only played in uh 40 games of full season ball this year so definitely an obvious candidate to be sent there to, to work on some things and get some more game reps under his belt
3: Absolutely. So let's move on to Peoria. They, too, have pretty horrific pitching. But Kesson Hira, your Brewers guy, getting the call there. Um, you know, he's a player that we talked about closer to the deadline as maybe somebody who could be moved. Man, the Brewers looking pretty good for holding firm and not going for Archer. I'll say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm sure that their offer on Archer paled to the Pirates' offer on him. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what they could have put together that would have matched that package uh it yeah, would have it would have had to have been more insane. than just like Hira and burns honestly yeah. i mean so i definitely not surprised when when they saw that pirates package i mean austin meadows too by the way i mean he's gonna be up here Didn't um, He have a three homer game the other yeah day? i mean he's just been insane uh since that trade so uh yeah great trade for the rays but yeah here uh he's gonna be a fun one to watch um yeah i think it's it makes sense just to get him Uh, i assume he's going to be getting more reps at second base um so that'll be good to see the the one the, the guy that i'm honestly most excited to see on peoria and i'm sure i'm the only person that feels this way is is hudson potts he's uh, been a favorite of mine for quite a while and what he did at high a as as a 19 year old this year was incredibly impressive forced the promotion to double a and uh, he's got big power it's pretty easy to like when he hits homers it's it's not like he's really Uh, selling out for it even though he is a a high strikeout guy i mean he gets that power pretty easily when he makes contact and uh that's a guy that uh, i think might make the the all the fall stars game and uh, a guy that i could see myself drafting maybe in the second round of paul stars
3: yeah if you don't know paul stars is a great kind of dfs type game where uh the people at first pitch who are in the audience of the all-star game the afl all-star game do a a snake draft everybody drafts two players and there you know paul has killed my phone numerous times because he sends out an update after every at bat but it's pretty awesome um i recommend that just for like all-star games if you got a group of people you're watching with just do a little just make a little game out of it it's pretty fun but while you're excited to see hudson potts i'm excited to see dave potts <laughs> in Arizona.
1: i'm i'm very excited to see
3: dave potts as well yeah that guy is the man um lucius fox is an interesting player i recently traded him in uh staff keeper 2 it wasn't really anything to do with you know being down on him as a player just going all in trying to make a push into the money this year but uh, good speed for him i'm just wondering how much is he gonna hit as he gets higher up the ladder
1: yeah it's a really tough call uh we know the speed will play uh defensively he'll be fine either at shortstop or second base uh it's just it's tough man I, I don't know i think that he's kind of been hanging around just the outside of my top 100 pretty much all season <laughs> because he's such a electric athlete and uh, could be a, a big time threat on the bases if he hits uh but i mean it's it's kind of 50 50 to me right now really excited to see him live too just to kind of get a better idea of what his strengths and weaknesses are at the plate
3: yeah i want to see you know with my own two eyes how quick that bat is because you know that jump from high a to double a this season he saw a 50 point drop in batting average He's twenty only, but that's it's not a great sign. Yeah, I don't. To
1: me, I don't. I I'm not expecting bat speed to be the issue. I think it's more pitch recognition for him. So, uh, yeah, we'll see though. I mean, it sometimes guys can look really good out there, and sometimes you leave being like, "Ooh, yeah, I, I don't really see this guy hitting upper level pitching."
3: Yeah, like um, who was that? A's Beretta a couple years ago. Yeah. I just he looked like a mess when we saw him, and things haven't been. Very smooth selling for him since, but uh, we'll see. A quick note from our sponsor, fantasy baseball fans, still a month left in the season, so still time to play on FanDuel. FanDuel offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind, something for everyone. Tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. Uh, fell to michael beller in the uh, tout daily contest recently that was fun but still time to play appreciate todd zola setting all that up Uh, play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes take advantage of our special offer for new users sign up today at fanduel.com slash rw you'll get a free six-month roadwire subscription which will give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on Fanduel, just visit fanduelcom slash rw void where prohibited james a couple other names on this peoria roster that i didn't really recognize um well one in particular austin allen i mean i, I know evan white christian Pash, um Potts as well but what's what's austin allen bring to the table uh he's a catcher who probably can't catch but he can right.
1: he can really really hit he's got uh easy monster raw power and probably a first baseman or a dh if he gets traded so uh i i guess i'm interested in just kind of getting uh my own view of him behind the plate just to kind of you know i've I've, i haven't heard anything or or read anything that leads me to believe he'll be able to stick there but you never know i mean i remember i I saw garrett Stubbs out there a couple years ago and just came away extremely impressed with his ability behind the plate and just his general demeanor on the field and uh, that can go a long way for a catcher so i'm just interested to kind of see what he looks like back there i don't really have any questions about his ability to hit for power in games but it may not matter if he can't stick a catcher
3: yes good point okay moving on to scottsdale they do have the kind of three pitching studs here salt river has john duplans here as well but uh, most of the pitching is on the Scottsdale team. We get Forrest Whitley, Sixto Sanchez, J.B. Bukowskis, and they, they're they going to have Taylor Trammell running down center, uh, balls in center field for him. That's going to be exciting. Go Reds. They also have Shed Long uh, represented. Peter Alonzo, Andres Jimenez representing the Mets. Alonzo, you know, it wasn't really an expectation that he'd come up, but they did announce that he will not be part of their September call-ups. I know you're not really that high on Alonzo, Uh, relative to some other prospect rankers why is that
1: uh i just i don't really believe in the hit tool uh i i don't know i'm he's in my top 100 i i can't wait for him to eventually graduate so i don't have to rank him anymore uh tyler o'neill recently graduated which was i'd I'd celebrated that privately um i was very happy to see him come off the list uh alonzo there's literally no question that he will be able to destroy left-handed pitching in the big leagues like he'll he'll put up an OPS probably north of 900 against lefties so that's a that's a skill that's going to keep him around for a while uh there are not good reports on his defense at first base that'll be interesting to to kind of see firsthand I have some doubts about what type of batting average he'll hit for against right-handed pitching in the big leagues so um you know that'll be interesting to see if we get to see him up against uh a good righty uh, not that there are going to be many out there especially with <laughs> most of the good righties on his own team uh but yeah I, I the power is legit i just i really have questions about what type of batting average he'll put up against big league pitching if he's playing every day
3: yeah i think those concerns are are well founded i i'm with you i think he's a guy who could be you know kind of a dime a dozen high power middling average type of guy those guys just aren't really big difference makers especially at first base in fantasy i mentioned taylor trammell he's only at high a but playing pretty well i mean 370 four on base slug has fallen since making the jump from from low a but eight homers and just 108 games at daytona and i was thinking the other day you know i know they ownership nicks like a couple billy hamilton trades this year but i was trying to wrap my head around how could they could possibly tender him a contract in the off season? you know he's making like 4.6 million this year you don't lose money you don't take a pay cut in arbitration no matter how bad your year was and he's been good on the defensive side do you think there's a chance we could see Trammell next year
1: i i don't i i think that he's it's it's very telling just sort of this year in particular that uh i mean he had a a huge first half was the futures game mvp and never got that promotion to double a clearly just not moving as quickly as some of those other elite outfield prospects tend to move and you know i think part of that is is him just being a multi-sport guy in high school you know it was really impressive to see him come in to pro ball uh and not necessarily show some of those growing pains that we typically see from those two sport uh athletic outfielders but he Uh, You know, I mean, he showed, you know, was walking a decent amount, wasn't striking out a ton, uh, but still not a guy that's just ready for for double-A pitching or or triple-A pitching. So I think next year probably spends most of the year at double-A, might even I mean I wouldn't even rule out him starting back at high A. Uh just just a guy that I'm not expecting to see till 2020 and really interested to see what he looks like in the AFL because he's kind of uh really fallen off a cliff in the second half. So um just kind of interested to see sort of what his energy level is out there and and if there's any issues with his approach because I know that uh, he will it'll be fun to watch him play defense. It'll be fun to watch him take BP if we can get to the Fall Stars game early enough, but uh, just really interested to see what he looks like against uh, some of the better pitching out there.
3: Yeah, that's interesting that you say that about him kind of falling apart in the second half. It's kind of makes me wonder, you know, the decision making behind sending him to the fall league. I know, you know, it seems like maybe this would be the it'd be the time to send him next year. You know, when he's right on the verge. Yeah, uh, because he's probably going to be just burnt out and gassed come the fall. Yeah, I, I, as we've I, seen with a lot of really good players. I mean it's a long season than throwing him the arizona on top of it i mean i i wonder if
1: maybe part of it is they're not even sure where they want to assign him next year and they just kind of want to see a bit more and just kind of get a better read on on where he's at as a player uh but yeah not wasn't a guy that i was expecting to go there uh that you know guys even guys like victor robles and fernando tatis jr weren't included on these rosters i think they made a ton of sense um with tatis maybe maybe he's not going to be ready by then uh health wise uh nick senzel's another guy that uh, we didn't see included and that would have made some sense if he if he was going to be healthy enough maybe those guys will be late ads just depending on where they're at with with their health um that's always a possibility but yeah trammell wasn't a guy i was expecting to to head there
3: yeah there will be additions and i actually just saw one recently somebody reported that brendan rogers just added okay after the initial announcements yeah that makes sense a couple hours later but yeah there will be some other big names i'm sure going down to arizona this year let's move on to mesa darwinson hernandez with the only pitcher of note on the hitting side michael chavis is it chavis yeah i think so i for some reason his last name gives me uh fits because i have the brain of a squirrel but um (laughs) is this the second year in a row he's been there wasn't he there last year? Uh,
1: yeah. Was he there last year or the year before I that? I thought he was there last year. He,
3: he's a guy that was getting a lot of love. Yeah, he was year, there yeah. because Austin Riley was there too. Yeah, people were yeah. talking yep. him up. Uh, what's, what kind of strides has he made this year, if any?
1: Well, yeah, obviously you had the PD suspension that cost him the first half of the season. Right. Um, and he's really come on at the plate lately. I think there's, there's just a, a really kind of limited ceiling for me in terms of uh the batting average i'm expecting from him against big league pitching and uh, i know that you know his biggest supporters will point to his numbers at double a and triple a this year and wonder what i'm talking about but uh i think there's there's some small sample size stuff at work there and i think he could hit 255 260 something like that with maybe 30 homers in an everyday role uh but i don't necessarily know where he's gonna fit defensively for the red sox long term and i don't even know if they know where he's gonna fit defensively i think that he would have been traded at this year's trade deadline if they could have gotten uh something of value for him i know that his name was out there when they were trying to talk to the marlins for jt real muto which is kind of a laughable package for for real muto but uh just not a guy that I expect to have much trade value, so maybe they just uh, find a way to debut him next year and just just see how the bat plays. But a guy that I've I've definitely soured on uh, quite a bit since the uh, suspension for PEDs.
3: Yeah, I'd forgotten about that, but he was really kind of the talk of not the talk of the fall league, but it was a lot of chatter about how good he looked last year. Oh, but yeah, that'll definitely hurt a guy's stock, to say the least. Bobby Dahlbeck also getting the call, and then Nico Horner interesting that he's going to play has that happened very often i don't really recall many guys being drafted in june and going to the fall league that same fall yeah it's definitely rare
1: uh but he's you know he was a college bat uh he missed has he played even since then i know he suffered an elbow injury um i mean the reason he's going there is just because of the injury he wasn't he, he wasn't really able to do anything after the draft yeah yeah he played like 14 games uh, before suffering that elbow injury so it makes sense in that standpoint and he'd already made it up to to low a so uh not a rookie level hitter um per se so i mean it's it's not overly shocking but i'm excited to, to see what he looks like because in that tiny sample before he got hurt he was showing a really impressive approach to the plate and you know, we know that he's got a uh, big time speed mm-hmm. and he's probably going to stick up the middle so uh very interested to see what he looks like and and he might look over, overwhelmed i'm not going to ding him at all if he does look overwhelmed because it would be kind of surprising if he didn't but if he goes out there and holds his own i mean that could be a big riser for sure
3: you think back to south bend for horner uh i hope not for him yeah, yeah for, for horner's sake I, I hope not but uh i down there, myrtle
1: beach or south bend where would you want to go i don't um, know
3: if it's south bend though maybe just go as a gag you know like you <laughs> go back to south bend <laughs> yeah you and i like Next do year. kind of a,
1: a running diary and our return <laughs> trip to south bend just do like a live from
3: south bend uh, <laughs> uh jemai jones josh Amaki, daz cameron among those three which player are you most excited to see
1: uh phew, man um probably not jones i want to see daz cameron because i like him the most of that three as a prospect Uh, but i also kind of want to see josh okami just because he's in line to potentially debut next year so you know if he looks really good out there uh that that'll be kind of worth noting for for people in redraft leagues because he's kind of knocking on the door much better in like obp formats points leagues just not a guy that's going to hit for a ton of average but he's a guy that's walked at every stop um, i mean i guess if i'm being honest i'm not super excited to see any of those three but uh, <laughs> i will happily see
3: them i appreciate you picking one even though yeah, your excitement <laughs> level is pretty low uh, salt river mentioned john duplant here and he's kind of a guy who was you know, falling a little bit early on has he kind of uh continued to fall i haven't seen him up on your top 400 uh where does he stand in terms of your expectations i want to say he's in the like 150 range on there uh just a guy that i
1: have durability concerns with and you know he already turned 24 this year still a double a uh they were they were probably going to be willing to move him at this year's trade deadline um but there were concerns you know the orioles like he was the one they were dangling for Machado. And I think the Orioles just had too much uh, issues with his medicals to make him the headliner in a Machado deal and i think it's well founded you know i mean he, the reason that he was available in the third round back in 2016 was because of his workload and injury concerns at rice and he was able to completely kind of make people forget about those concerns last year when he pitched 136 innings and had the lowest era since justin Verlander was a prospect uh, but this year it's been back to the uh, durability concerns uh, there's a chance that maybe he works better as kind of a super reliever multi-inning reliever uh, but I think they obviously are going to continue to develop him as a starter makes sense to send him to the AFL obviously just like with Sixto Sanchez and uh, Force Whitley missed enough time where where that makes a ton of sense um, and I'm excited to see him just to kind of see you know if he gets to face some of these upper echelon hitters we've been talking about like what does he look like because he's 24 you know if you know other than force whitley if any of these guys should be able to hold their own it's it's Duplantier.
3: also for um salt river on the hitting side we got monty harrison and he's he's had a pretty nice resurgence in the second half in the first half with double a jacksonville uh, 225 312 391 but since the break or i guess the second half however i don't exactly know I think that they probably divvied up by the break there in the minors too, but uh, 261, 322, 426. He's he's exceeded his home run output uh, by one, matched his stolen base output from the first half. So uh, a total of 19 homers and 28 stolen bases in 130 games. He's another guy, though. I wonder how much he will hit. Do you think he could maybe put it all together?
1: Uh, I don't think he's going to put it all together. Uh, he's a just a – I thought – our, our buddy Chris Blessing had a really good uh, tweet about him the other day uh just saying he's a very easy evaluation and a very tough rank and i 100% agree with that it's just where do you rank a guy that has that much theoretical upside but who you don't really think can hit uh, big league pitching eventually i mean obviously you can't hit big league pitching now but you don't think is going to hit big league pitching eventually uh it's tough i mean he's got he has legitimate 30 30 upside if he were to just hit like 250 in the big leagues so what do you do with that player i i don't really know Uh, i'm kind of out on him just that's the type of guy that i'm gonna end up being out on when i you know the hit tool i think has just become so important when you're evaluating these guys and his is is below average to say the least uh but i could see him having a good afl uh you know we talked about how bad the pitching is out there a lot of these guys are just you know they they can throw a fastball and they're really struggling to throw the other stuff and you know if he gets a steady diet of fastballs he could hit seven or eight home runs out there and really generate a ton of buzz so if you're still holding Monty Harrison in dynasty leagues, I'd, I would hope for that. And then I would uh, turn around and try to trade in this offseason If he, if he has a big AFL, because I think uh, at triple a especially is where I would expect him to, to really get, I mean, he's been sort of exposed this year and part of that might just be changing an organization. You know, the brewers obviously worked something out with him uh, last year where they were able to kind of have that breakout year happen. And maybe he lost some of those, uh, fundamentals that, that he had worked on in 2017 when he switched organizations. But at, at AAA pitching can really get the better of guys, especially with his weaknesses. So I I would try to move him before then if I owned him in a dynasty league.
3: Yeah, 36% K rate this year, 243 average, and that's been boosted by, you know, career high, 365 BABIP. But I'm wondering, you know, we talked in the past, maybe you could call it the Aaron Judge lesson, kind of the lesson we learned about him and just, you know, settling on what a guy's hitting ability is going to be like uh, before we really know for sure. But why is it that, you know, Monty Harrison is maybe a little different? Is it just the K number is just so high that it's insurmountable, just unable to overcome that amount of swing and miss? Well, with Aaron Judge, he
1: always walked a ton, And Harrison has walked at certain stops. uh, Has not walked much at all above low A. And with Aaron Judge, he kind of, you know, he'd strike out a decent amount in the minors, but would make uh, very quick adjustments and get on track at certain levels. And with Harrison, that's been an issue. You know, I mean, it took him. Uh, almost 200 games at low a before he got the bump to, to high a and <clears throat> i mean 36 is just such a high number on the mm-hmm. k rate like i you look back like i was dead wrong about a guy like matt chapman and i i went back and was looking at you know what you know what can i learn from that uh matt chapman was never <clears throat> much higher than like 30 percent with the k rate and it, there's just a big difference to me between thirty percent and thirty six percent, thirty five percent. Uh it's just very, very rarely do we see guys go from that to an acceptable rate.
3: Yeah, he's got yeah, a thirty two point <laughs> six in there, a forty one point eight at prior stops. Yeah, and the the walking too, yeah, he's only walked seven point three percent this year. The upside is yeah, something to dream on, but um I'm with you that it's going to be hard for him to put it all together if he continues to whiff at that rate. Anybody else on Salt River you want to mention before we move on here? Uh, Dalton Varshaw is one of my
1: favorites. He missed a, a decent amount of time with an injury, so obviously it made sense that he was on this roster. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, I'd put him on the short list of guys where. You know, obviously, prospect heads know all about him, but I think a lot of like the redraft crowd that goes out there, I could see him impressing some of them who who maybe aren't as familiar with Bar show And uh, Carter Keyboom is a guy that is a borderline top twenty prospect for me right now. Uh, was had a friendly kind of disagreement with our buddy Ralph Lifschitz on Twitter about Keyboom versus Alex Kirilov on Twitter the other day. Uh, i go i go key boom. uh just i i think that i really believe in the the whole package at the plate with him i love the uh fact that he's going to stick in the infield um and i think that you know what he he's he's going through an adjustment period at double a right now but you know what he did at high a was was really as impressive to me as as what Kierleft is doing at high a and i'm excited to see Keyboom for the first time live that's a guy that is probably going to enter next year as a top 20 prospect and could finish the year as a top 10 one
3: nice well finally we have surprise (laughs) who really don't they too don't have anything on the pitching side worth mentioning but they have the big dog the big uh vlad jr the big name going um of course he's not coming up this year so this will be kind of the you know they call the afl the graduate school for prospects and this will really be pretty much the last step before playing in a few other minor league games to begin next year, and then finally getting to the bigs. But Bo Bichette, his uh, organizational mate, also Kavan Biggio, they're going to be there as well. Um, do you think Bichette and Biggio will be kind of with Vlad Jr. as an early call-up, or do you think they're maybe closer to, to midsummer? Uh,
1: <coughs> I, I don't think Biggio's gonna be all that ready to hit big league pitching uh by next summer bichette might be you know i think that they the fact that they held him back at double a and sent vlad to triple a makes me think that vlad debuts a month or two ahead of bichette at least um but yeah it's awesome that bichette's there he he actually kind of fits the taylor trammell bin for me where i'm just i guess i don't really see why he got sent there i mean he, he played a full season was pretty good uh you would think that maybe you'd reward him since he's not going to debut like in april next year in the big leagues you'd think that maybe you'd reward him with with some time off but uh vlad man I, i'm so excited and it kind of sucks for him like not only i think Joe and uh tweeted this today when the rosters were released like not only does he not get added to the 40 man uh misses you know two to three months of big league paychecks but he doesn't even get a full off season to kind of hang out yeah. and relax you know it's
3: he you only miss like a couple of weeks with that knee thing
1: <laughs> he does not need the afl to like <laughs> he's he'd be fine without the afl uh and i I wouldn't really even fault him if he just kind of mailed it in the way Acuna did last year. I mean, it, I, Acuna
3: was still MVP. Yeah. It'll so yeah. probably be the exact same thing with Vlad.
1: I, that's what I, yeah, I tweeted that, uh, in reply to, to Joe's tweet, like he's just going to mail it in and hit 350 out there. Uh, because like the, the pitching, like he's just going to laugh at the pitching he sees out there. I mean, he might walk. I wonder what the AFL record is for walks, but I mean, he, he could, he could break it if he, uh, it, you know stays out there for the entire <laughs> afl uh yeah, he might go like four for eight with like 20 walks or something. <laughs> he's just gonna be spitting on so many pitches uh hopefully hitting a ton of bombs and yeah I, I think that it's gonna be he's just gonna be kind of mailing it in and and yeah like acuna last year nobody you know it, you kind of had to be out there to to notice it and just kind of watches just behavior uh, in between innings and stuff like that but like he didn't want to be out there at all and like you said still still won mvp so uh, yeah. i kind of expect the same thing to happen with vlad
3: yeah i'll tell you one thing he's going to be a big you know ticket seller big oh, revenue yeah. generated for the arizona Fall League. Absolutely. like it's been steadily gaining in popularity but i think this year you know we've seen the airports more packed the games more packed i think this year it's going to be a, a tougher ticket certainly with vlad a part of it Uh, julio pablo martinez also going there and khalil lee i think he's an interesting player um i was i have a couple shares of him and i well one staff keeper one uh 16 steals you know six homers i guess the, the dip in power has been the the biggest disappointment but are you feeling more confident about his hit tool after he added you know close to uh 25 points to his batting average uh you know
1: he's still not a guy that i think is going to hit for a, a very high average i think that i'm sort of hoping for him to you know maybe be a 245 hitter year 1 250 hitter year 2 eventually get up to like 260 maybe get up to 270 at some point in his late 20s but the i think the power will absolutely be there i think the on base skills will be there Uh, not worried about the dip in power i mean he was uh, one of the youngest hitters at that level i think the the swing is going to generate power i'm the the thing i'm most uh, curious about is just what the steal totals are going to be for him in the big leagues because he's always sort of stolen more bases than the speed grades would indicate he would so is he going to be a guy that you can count on for 15 steals every year or maybe 20 steals early on in his big league career, or is it just going to be a thing where it just completely falls off the table as part of his game, you know, kind of the way it did with, uh, like George Springer. Uh, that's, that's something I'm interested to see because if he's a 20 steal guy, uh, especially in those years where the batting average maybe isn't, isn't all that high, then I think he's a, a better, obviously he's a better prospect, but then he's he's kind of more of a difference maker than if he just
3: doesn't run that much in the big league. So interested to see how quick he looks on the bases out there. Yeah, man, speed has been just so hard to find fantasy in recent years and just really, really hard this year. Just teams continuing to uh, pick and choose more, limit their base runners, just not risk it because giving away an out on the base paths – really hurts your win probability but james great stuff as always we appreciate it looking forward to going down to arizona with you we will be back next week on the roadwire prospect podcast brought to you by fanduel